0: However unlikely a marshawn Lattimore trade might be for the New Orleans Saints, it is still possible, and that leaves the door open for the Saints to make a very bad decision. We got all that and a little bit of Lanyap for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Ross Jackson, Credential media member covering your New Orleans Saints as a senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network. And on today's episode of Locked on Saints, we're going to be taking a look at how the formula is simple for the Saints to get the win that they need over the Atlanta Falcons, but can they get the help that they need around it i'm gonna try to debunk a little bit the ongoing and all of a sudden brand new surprise surprise injury prone narrative around marshawn Lattimore. and i want to kick things off with the fact that the idea of trading marshawn Lattimore is still in conversation amongst a lot of fans so i want to explain to you why i say it's still unlikely And it would be a very bad decision by the New Orleans Saints. I appreciate you for making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day and for being an everydayer here on the show. Today's episode of Locked On Saints is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. LinkedIn helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free today at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash Locked On NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. It would be a very bad move by the New Orleans Saints to trade away star cornerback Marshawn Lattimore. I don't care if there's a rift. I don't care if personalities are clashing. I don't care if somebody demands this, that, and the other. Those are conversations for the NBA. Those are not valid conversations in the NFL. You don't demand trades in the NFL and get moved. Debo Samuel, Jalen Johnson, there was all the conversation around Michael Thomas last year. There was all the conversation around Justin Jefferson early on in the season. Oh, he's going to want out, blah, 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 blah. And where do each one of those players play? They still play for the exact same team. And I can come up with way more examples of players that want to be traded and don't get traded than I can of players, Stefan Diggs, that want to get traded and do get traded. Aaron Rodgers, which Green Bay Packers couldn't have been happier. To move off of that dude so the way that i look at it when it comes to the new orleans saints and Marshawn Lattimore, is that you can try to slice it dice it however you want it would be a bad decision by the new orleans saints to move on from their star lockdown cornerback oh but ross the saints develop cornerbacks really well and they're very good at identifying defensive back talent look at Paulson and Debo and Alante Taylor and Jordan Howden, the way that he's come on in this rookie season. Look what they did in the past with, you know, or look what they've done recently with Isaac Yadam since he showed up, all that. I get it. I 100% understand. Saints are really good at developing talent, but at what point do you fail? At what point do you fail? One in the hand better than two in the bush, right? That whole conversation. So sure, the Saints could draft another corner, but are you going to get another Marshawn Lattimore? Are you going to continue to get the same level of play out of Paulson Adebo and Isaac Adam? You've got Paulson Adebo coming up on a very important contract year next year. Do you want to play with fire there or potentially Malcolm Jenkins, that situation? Let's calm down with this whole idea of how the New Orleans Saints can go out there and grab something that at this time is totally fictitious as opposed to continuing to invest in something that has been one of the most consistent pieces of your team. And I know... We're going to get to the missed time and the injuries and all those other things here in a little bit because that deserves its own conversation because now all of a sudden we're starting to label players the moment that all of a sudden there's some kind of gleaning towards the idea that they might be moved. But we went through this with Michael Thomas last year as well. Michael Thomas was a guy that had been effectively off the football field for three seasons. They redid his contract going in. There was all this conversation, including myself, completely convinced that Michael Thomas was not going to be a New Orleans Saint. Uh, come free agency, right? That they would move on and all these other things. I think that probably happens this offseason when it comes to Thomas. But what happened last year? He ended up on the same team. He ended up back with the New Orleans Saints. I expect the same thing is possible, more than possible, maybe even likely. I'm just giving you my opinion. I could be wrong. That's okay. That the same will happen with Marshawn Lattimore. But this idea that all of a sudden he's expendable is wild to me. Where did that come from all of a sudden? Yeah, he missed games last year. Yes, he missed games this year. And the Saints defense, passing defense, has looked good. Don't get me wrong. Secondary is arguably the most talented, or not most talented, but arguably the best and highest producing, let me say it that way, unit on this team. I understand that. But let's not pretend like Marshawn Lattimore, even off the field, is not a part of that. Marshawn Lattimore's ability to compete with the players that are around him and keep them motivated by seeing what it is that he does, the extra work that he puts in, the fact that he's always working, the fact that he's the first one out there and the last one off the field, and the fact that like they're sitting around the DBs having lunch and Marshawn Lattimore's still outside working, one defensive back told me. Tell me that that does not have an impact on the rest of that room. You'd be lying if you said it didn't. And so this idea all of a sudden that Marshawn Lattimore is expendable and that all of a sudden they would be able to cover for him and all these other things like you have to consider too, not only the fact that Marshawn Lattimore had an impact on the field, but that he has made everyone in that room better around him because of the example that he sets starting in February. And when I say February, I'm talking about when the season is over and he's working and he's grinding over the course of the offseason and he's out there at training camp OTAs wherever he's available and is out there you know setting the example pushing that room creating sort of that competition all that right when we talk about iron sharpens iron why all of a sudden is this iron less important now out of nowhere not to mention i understand that the saints gave him This bonus is an option bonus as opposed to a signing bonus which kicks down when it becomes guaranteed and all these other things. I get all that. We talked about that on Wednesday's show if you want to go back and hear a little bit more about the specificity of the bonus difference. But the bottom line is that, yeah, the Saints have a little bit more time to figure things out just like they had with Michael Thomas last year in terms of figuring out, okay, this new set of money that they've moved now doesn't become guaranteed until a later time, giving them the opportunity to be able to be open for business let's say, but that didn't erase all of the other dead cap that came from restructuring $25 million or $23 million of his contract two years ago in 2022 from giving him a guarantee or or, or a deal with over $58 million of guaranteed money in it in 2021. You're just two years, three years into that deal now. Oh, and let's not forget that they restructured another $13 million last season too. All that money that got prorated, didn't just poof, vanish, and go away. That's still there. They've just delayed new money, new guaranteed money, adding on top of that. But you still have to swallow a very tough pill cap-wise, dead cap-wise in particular, that's going to take up a good portion of your dead cap allowance if you're a Kai Harley, if you're a Mickey Loomis, if you decide to make that move. And who's going to give up the draft pick to make it worth it? Who's going to give up the capital to make it worth it? Washington Commanders, they could use a corner. Detroit Lions, Dan Campbell's out there. Aaron Glenn's out there. They could use corners. The Las Vegas Raiders, they just added a a good young talent, but could they use a veteran leader to go out there and help them out? Like there's teams that might get desperate enough, especially for a lockdown corner, which do not grow on trees in the NFL. As good as you are as identifying talent, developing talent, cultivating talent, all that stuff, getting somebody that's Marshawn Lattimore's level that takes away half the field for you, not easy. So who's going to make all of that worth it? Some teams might be desperate, but are they that desperate? Desperate enough to play ball to the point where you feel like you're really getting enough of a return to take on 20, $30 million of dead cap, even if you move them before the new money becomes guaranteed maybe. But would it be a bad decision? A hundred percent yes. Coming up next, let's get to this injury-prone narrative around Marshawn Lattimore, because I think we've forgotten what the actual injuries are that he has dealt with. We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked On Saints, part a Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. At the beginning of the year, just past the New Year's holiday, every small business out there is asking themselves the same question. What are the things that I can do, the moves that I can make that will take my business to the next level in 2024? And LinkedIn Jobs that knows that there's nothing more important than your success than the team that you surround yourself with. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. So, so so don't delay, right? Don't sit on your hands on this. If you're looking for an opportunity to expand your small business, add on new staff, all that LinkedIn jobs is absolutely the place to go. It's not just another job board. We're talking about a vast network of more than a billion B-I-L-L-I-O-N professionals for you to choose from. And they give you all the tools that you need to make it possible. Today. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash so locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash so locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, family. Continuing on with today's episode of Locked On Saints. Big thank you. For making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. And of course, make sure you go and check out that Locked On Sports today, 24-7, the YouTube's first 24-7 national sports media stream on. YouTube make sure you go check it out that is locked on sports today. All right, so the idea that Marshawn Lattimore is injury prone is a short-sighted sort of look at what has really happened with Marshawn Lattimore over the course of the last two seasons this year included. And therefore to me is a uh it, it is a very is too loose a narrative to run with when it comes to the ideas of making arguments in favor of trading Marshawn Lattimore away. I'm dedicating time to this today because I do think that it is the most important thing that most Saints fans are wondering about. We're going to get to the game here in just a second. The Saints have an opportunity to win and put themselves in position to get to the playoffs. But this idea around the potential Marshawn Lattimore trade, air quotes, if you will, is one of those things that really impacts them. Not just do they survive and fight for another week because other teams around them win, but what does this team look like going into next season, right? And there's a lot of things that maybe make people feel comfortable with the idea of trading Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, you know, how well the the, the Saints have developed uh, talent at the position, how well they identify talent at the position, having a defensive, you know, head coach with a secondary focus, having a defensive coordinator with a secondary focus, having a guy like Marcus Robertson in the building as your secondary coach, all of that I, I get. And, and plus Tyron Matthew, all that. All that, I, I get all that. But the one thing that I really push back on, is this new running narrative that Marshawn Lattimore is injury prone. Has he had trouble getting out on the field for the past two seasons? Yes. Have the New Orleans Saints performed well in his stead? Sure. But did he return and all of a sudden look bad? No, he returned last year on an injury, by the way. You remember what the injury was last year that kept Marshawn Lattimore off the field? It wasn't, you know, a, a sprained ankle or you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, an ACL or, or any of these, like, kind of recurring things. or anything like that. It was a lacerated kidney. Lacerated kidney. Clap me. Lacerated kidney. That's what we're talking about. Injury prone? Get out of my face. Come on. Is that really what we're doing here? Is that what we're going to do now? <laughs> Goodness gracious. And then what happened when he returned? The very, the very game that he returned up against the Philadelphia Eagles, the Gardner Minshew led Philadelphia Eagles pick six that effectively sealed the game. What are we doing? Like, let's, let's not, right? And now he's dealing with a high ankle sprain. Okay, there's an ankle sprain for you. But was it just that his you know he rolled his ankle on the turf? He was you know walking down the parking lot and pulled a Ross and sprained his ankle? Don't ask me about it. I'm not ready to tell that story yet. Or was it that he got rolled up on by somebody that he uh, in a situation that he has no control over? Ding, ding, ding. It's the latter. This is not a situation to where we're talking about a player who has not been able to avoid injury. We're talking about a guy that plays the majority of games. We're talking about a guy that not only plays the majority of games, but plays every snap of those games when he is in those games. And that is a downright difference maker when he's on the field. But no, let's not talk about that. Let's soften the potential of a trade. Oh, well, he's injury prone anyway. Look, the New Orleans Saints have a habit of doing things over the course of the past couple of years in their secondary that are surprising. They traded away C.J. Gardner-Johnson. They released Bradley Roby. To me, both of those moves proved to immediately be downgrades from what they originally had. Bradley Roby was a downgrade from C.J. gardner johnson Alante Taylor throwing him in a situation where he's learning a brand new uh, position over the course of a single offseason, kind of, and then putting him in there was a downgrade from Bradley Roby, but it's not because Alante Taylor was bad. It was because, there is, you know, bad, or, or struggles, or whatever. It's not on Alante Taylor, in my opinion. That's on the New Orleans Saints for making that decision and forcing that situation that quickly. Now we're going to talk about this, this idea that they might trade away their top corner on a position that is incredibly hard to find the level of talent that they have in Marshawn and Lattimore. Now, you know, look, you don't, do you have to replace talent one for one every time? No, absolutely not. You can replace talent with 90% of that talent and your defense as a unit stays strong. You're fine. You'll be okay. Increase, you know, bolster the pass rush, all these other things. All that's there. I understand it. But to soften it by all of a sudden giving this man a label that does not apply to him at all, I challenge that. I push back on that. I don't think that that's true. Now, if you want to take the opportunity as a New Orleans Saints to maybe get a little bit younger at a position and then potentially at two positions with Michael Thomas and Marshawn Lattimore and you want to make the decision based on that, that to me is a more valid reason than, oh, well, he's injury prone and he can't get out on the field anyway. let's stop. Let's stop. Like that's not, we, all good, right? We can agree on that. That's not a narrative that we need. That's not a narrative that you will hear on this show ever. That is not a narrative that you're going to hear from Ross Jackson. Plainly said, done. If I ever do say it, throw it back in my face. Please throw it back in my face because I would deserve it. If you're going to make the decision to move off of Marshawn Lattimore, a bad decision, but if you're going to make that decision, then at least make that decision founded on something or not even if you're going to make that decision, right? Because I don't think that the New Orleans Saints are making a decision on trading Marshawn Lattimore because of injuries. Because then what's the value of trading the player, right? If the player is too injury prone, so you want to move on from them, what, 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 what are you getting, right? You're diminishing the value of that player in the process of opening up the trade talks if that was the case. New Orleans Saints as an organization are smarter than that. Okay, if they're gonna be moving on from Marshawn Lattimore, they're gonna be looking to move on from Marshawn Lattimore for the purposes of getting more draft capital so that they can get younger. At least have a good reason. And so if we're if we're gonna sit here and have conversations about it and arguments about it and, you know, and we're gonna have think pieces on it and all these other things, at least pick the reasons that make sense. Let's not go down this, he's a bad player, he's an injury prone player narrative that we tend to kind of buy into when it's time to diminish a player who might. Be traded. That's all that I ask. So you will not hear either of those narratives here on this show. And instead, you will continuously hear the narrative that I think that a Marshall Lattimore trade would be a bad decision. And that I still think it's unlikely. I'm prepared to be wrong there, but I still think that it's unlikely based on the fact that the restructure that they just did delays new guaranteed money, but did nothing about all the other guaranteed dead money that already sits on the contract. And oh, did I say it would be a bad decision? Coming up next, let's take a look at how the New Orleans Saints fare going into this game against the Atlanta Falcons. Can they hold their own and take care of their business? And will they get the help that they need to be a playoff team? A lot on the line here for the New Orleans Saints this weekend, win or loss. Got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Put a Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp Therapy Online. I just got a little bit of my therapy on, just kind of talking through that whole situation, but not the same, not nearly as valuable as sitting with a licensed therapist who can listen and help you talk through some of the things that you're dealing with. And look, sometimes you're in a situation here to where you're looking about, you know, how am I going to change in 2024? Where are you already doing a good job doing that, right? Are you already crushing it? Is there something about like this opposite now of new year, new me. Can it be new year, same me? Am I feeling really good? All those conversations you can have to maybe take, maybe help you get from one place to the other. You can do all of that through BetterHelp with the help of a licensed therapist. It's, uh, it's awesome. And, and, you know, look, if you've been thinking about starting therapy, please, please, please give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. It is more affordable than traditional therapy as well there's just a ton of benefits to it. So celebrate the progress that you've already made by visiting betterhelp.com slash locked on and get 10% off of your first month. It's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Let's get it, that Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with one final look at the New Orleans Saints being set to take on the Atlanta Falcons and host the Atlanta Falcons for... A shot at the playoffs. And really, this goes kind of twofold uh, for, for both, or whether it's a win or a loss. There's something that the Saints are kind of fighting for here. Appreciate you making Locked on Saints first listen of the day, every day, and for being an everydayer. Make sure you come back Sunday after the game. We'll be live from the Superdome floor, ready to bring you all of the uh, reactions, recap, breakdown, everything that you need from the New Orleans Saints game against Tampa Buccaneers. So looking forward to you joining me, whether you're catching that live or catching that later. I very much appreciate you coming through. Um, So let's take a look here at the first part of this question, because for me, there's two questions. Can the New Orleans Saints take care of business on their own against the Atlanta Falcons? Can they get the help that they need from either the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the combination of both the Chicago Bears and the Arizona Cardinals? So, um, and I'm going to kind of tell you which one I think is more likely out of those two as well. So let's start with what the New Orleans Saints have control over, which is can they go out there and beat... Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons are a team right now that is not necessarily the threat that they were back in week 12, but still a threat, right? It's a divisional game. You know how we always talk about divisional games. It's really hard to predict, right? The Atlanta Falcons are walking into New Orleans this weekend the way that New Orleans walked into Tampa last weekend, right? With the opportunity to be able to delay something, maybe keep the New Orleans Saints from getting their first winning season uh, you know, under Dennis Allen, keeping Dennis Allen from getting his first career winning season, right? This is the team that we thought was going to be at least a double-digit win team here in 2023. They won't be that, but they do have the opportunity to come one shy of that with a win against the Atlanta Falcons. And the Falcons, of course, would love to play spoiler to that, there is no doubt. This is also Ryan Nielsen's first return back to the New- back to the city of New Orleans playing in the Superdome against the New Orleans Saints, not his first time playing against the New Orleans Saints offense, which he did a good job of, held the New Orleans Saints offense, particularly in those red zone situations, getting across into midfield, all those other things to where the Saints had to settle for five field goals instead of getting a single touchdown in that game. You get it. Ryan Nielsen did a good job at home against the Atlanta Falcons last week and our last time that these two teams met, not to mention, of course, a big pick six by Jesse Bates that went to the other direction, all that stuff. So then, Now you've got Ryan Nielsen returning to New Orleans, who, of course, was formerly, uh, who is now, of course, the Atlanta's defensive coordinator, who was the co-defensive coordinator and defensive line coach here in New Orleans last year. So there's kind of, you know, a little bit of motivation there to maybe come in, a little bit more motivation there to maybe come in and and, and do some things that maybe upset, you know, the uh, the New Orleans Saints. So you've got motivation if you're Atlanta. But for me, the New Orleans Saints just have more motivation, right? Like they have the opportunity here to control what they can control. And they've preached all season that that's what they want to do. They want to control what they can control. Well, here might be your last and final chance. You can't win yourself into the playoffs, but you have to win if you want the opportunity to get to the playoffs. So the Saints do have some motivation there for themselves as well. Can the New Orleans Saints do it and how do they do it? So we talked a little bit on Wednesday and on Thursday in our Crossover Thursday episode with Aaron where we kind of broke down, you know, these two teams a little bit more in depth. And just from the X's and O's perspective, the New Orleans Saints have the defensive scheme that's necessary to limit what it is that Atlanta does, assuming that the offense either gets to a fast enough start, the Saints offense gets to a fast enough start to where the Falcons offense has to pass the ball, right? Has to put the ball in the air as opposed to get comfortable within their run game. Or the New Orleans Saints defense does enough against the Atlanta Falcons to limit the run game. Even if you give up another 200-yard rushing day to the team, can you keep them out of the end zone? Can you keep scoring off the board? That's going to be the big thing, as long as you're coupling that with being able to score on the defensive side, or excuse me, the offensive side. So for me, this game really gets completely shaded by are the New Orleans Saints successful on offense, a la... Um, You know, Carolina a la uh, New York, uh, the way that they looked early against Tampa in the first half before they kind of went super conservative, don't do that this week, foot on the gas kind of an attitude, Uh, or does the offense come out kind of sputtering like what they did in Los Angeles? Because if that happens, then even keeping points off the board over on the defensive side is A, going to become more challenging because you're going to give more and more possessions if you're having more three and outs and things like that to Atlanta, which is going to give you a lot of trouble, or B, Atlanta's holding on to the football, not necessarily putting points on the board, but they're running time off the clock. And if you're not able to put points on the board and you're kicking field goals over with your your offense and your scoring opportunities, then that clock is going to run pretty fast, right? And you're not going to be able to keep pace. You're not going to be able to catch up. And all of a sudden you've got another one score loss to wrap up your season. So for me, it's all about, can the New Orleans Saints offense set a tone early enough? Would it be nice to be a first drive touchdown? hundred percent, because you'd like to see that two times in a row going into a potential playoff appearance that, okay, good, they can do that. But even if they don't get the opening drive touchdown, if they get on the board a couple of times in their first three drives, whether that's two field goals, ideally, at least a touchdown and a field goal, if they can put at least 10 points up. In their first three drives, then they're in a much better situation, assuming that they're holding Atlanta at bay, right? You can't let them score three touchdowns while you're putting 10, you know, three touchdowns in their opening three drives, as opposed to a touchdown on a field goal in your opening three drives. Obviously, there's levels to this. No pun intended, Cam, not stealing your stuff. Um, so for me, like that ends up being the entire, the entire deal. And you have ways to be able to confuse this Ryan Nielsen defense, which wants to play its match stuff and you know if you've got and you know, one defender is over an outbreaking route, the other is over the inbreaking route, you're reading two and three. what happens there? Your know wide receivers two and three I mean and you know how what is their route concept? Does one break outside? does one break inside? So how do you confuse that? How do you take an outbreaking route but make it look like an inbreaking route whether that's a pivot or a uh, you know a corner route or something like that? how do you take an in-breaking route and make it look like an out-breaking route? So then you look at things like C routes and stuff like that, or, or, or pivots that go to the outside first, angle routes out of the backfield, those types of things. So that's what you're looking forward to see, or maybe not out of the backfield, but out of the slot or something like that. So that's what you're going to be looking forward to seeing. That's what you're hoping to see by this New Orleans Saints offense, motion, eye candy, all these other things. So if the Saints can do that, then they should be able to provide enough of an opportunity to be able to capitalize on this situation, which is control what they can control and finish as a winning team in this year's NFL with a nine and eight schedule. Now, do I have the confidence that they can do that? Yeah, I'm a little bit more confident about the New Orleans Saints ability to do that. And I'm certainly a lot more confident about the New Orleans Saints ability to be able to do that than the Carolina Panthers to knock off the Bucks and for the Bears to knock off the Packers and the Arizona Cardinals to knock off the Seahawks. Um, the one of those two scenarios that's most likely to me is that the Carolina Panthers knock off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which I know sounds crazy, but let's be real. Carolina Panthers are a bad team. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a bad team. So you need a bad team to beat a bad team. You'll take that odd. The Chicago Bears, not necessarily a great team. The Arizona Cardinals are a bad team. You've got the Seattle Seahawks, who are an average team, and you've got the Green Bay Packers, who are an average team. So am I going to take the bad team to beat the bad team in one occasion, or am I going to take the two bad teams to beat the two average teams on two occasions? No. I'm taking the former. So for me, if I'm the New Orleans Saints, and then you get an opportunity to host the playoffs, all these other things, but not necessarily what you're wanting, but which one feels more likely to Ross, that the Saints win, but don't find themselves in the playoffs because the Bucks win, and then either the Seattle Seahawks or the Green Bay Packers win. I fear that by the end of Sunday, when we come back for Monday's full episode, we'll be talking about a New Orleans Saints team that misses the postseason. However, if they're going to get there, I think that the way that's most likely to happen is Carolina upsets Tampa. Carolina has been fighting literally a lot, maybe too much David Tepper, but fighting a lot over the course of these past couple of weeks and Baker Mayfield's managing injury. And Baker Mayfield did not look like the Baker Mayfield of the three games that were going into the New Orleans Saints game last week. So which Baker Mayfield shows up, which is a tale as old as time when it comes to Baker Mayfield. So that's the way that I look at it, and then the least likely to me is that they make it through the wild card rounds, but or, or or as a wild card team, that's with the Bears and the and the Cardinals winning. But is all of it impossible? Absolutely not. But I do fear that the most likely situation is that we're talking about the New Orleans Saints handling their business, but the business around them not being handled, which is something we have seen for the New Orleans Saints in the past. And this turns out ended up being exactly what we thought it was going to be at the beginning of the season—that the New Orleans Saints we're going to be fighting for the opportunity for a playoff spot in week 18, but needing other teams to help them get it done. Now, we'll see if our thoughts, in terms of which one actually happens, does it work out, we'll see if those are right as well. I appreciate you, as always, making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day, every day for your second listen. Boy, those Pelicans are rolling, so make sure you go and check out Locked on Pelicans with, of course, your guy, Jake Madison, and The LSU Tigers just picked up Harlem Barry's commitment, the number one running back and the number one quarterback is supposed to be committing this weekend. Does he end up with the LSU Tigers? Locked on LSU, Caroline Fenton, keeping you all up to date on the great recruiting news. And hey, Matt House is gone. So that's always exciting as well. If you're an LSU Tigers fan, so go and check out Caroline over at Locked on LSU and Jake over at Locked on Pelicans. Thanks, as always, for making Locked Saints a part of your day, part of your routine, for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're momming them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holler at you.